From BYU Broadcasting's Performance Studio, this is Highway 89. I'm Stephen Cap Perry. If you like beautiful melodies for voice, then this is your show. And if you like dramatic goosebump-inducing tenor voices, then this is your show. And this is your show because this show features George Dyer. George made his debut with the New York City Opera in 1996 as Rafe Rackstraw in HMS Pinafore at the Lincoln Center. Since then, he's performed in opera houses and concert halls across North America and around the world. He's soloed multiple times with the Mormon Tabernacle Choir and their national broadcasts. And if you want to know how audience describe his voice and his performance, they use words like powerful, rich, clear, and I even heard one person said, if joy had a voice, it would sound like George Dyer. In 2009, the George Dyer Show opened in Branson, Missouri. He was soon awarded Best Male Vocalist of the Year for an entertaining show incorporating opera, musical theater, and classical crossover songs loved around the world. Right now, here's George Dyer, accompanied by Larry G., with a pair of numbers from his show in Branson. First, the Spanish hit, Granada, followed by You Raise Me Up.
Granada by Augustine Lara, written in 1932 about the Spanish city of Granada. In just those decades since then, has definitely become a standard in vocal repertoire. In English, just a little bit, I'm sure you felt it, but Granada, I'm falling under your spell. And if you could speak, what a fascinating tale you would tell. Now we'll hear a song that I know you already know, but you didn't know that it started off purely as an instrumental number written by the composer, Rolf Loveland, he wrote it, and for his mother. And later, he thought it had a nice melody, so he asked the Irish novelist Brendan Graham if he might not mind writing a few lyrics. We know it as You Raise Me Up.
On Highway 89, you're hearing a live performance by George Dyer, First Granada by Augustine Lara, Finally You Raise Me Up, Rolf Loveland, music lyrics by Brendan Graham. You're listening to us on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio and on BYU Broadcasting. George, thank you for coming in today and singing for us. Steve, it's a thrill. Thank you for having me. Hey, we ha- we're just starting. I've already yeah. had two goosebumps. I'm counting. Good. So I know you have worked really hard to develop your voice and your technique. You have yes. that technique. But I always feel like your voice sounds so natural. Have you just always sung since you were little? I have, yeah. I come from a musical family. My mother had a beautiful singing voice. And uh, so I grew up listening to beautiful music um, and uh, all kinds of music. But, uh, yeah, I never uh, – I didn't know I had a voice, though, until I did my first solo in um, in church. It was actually the road show, you know, the – the famous road shows that we used to do. Little years traveling ago. amateur yeah. church play. And, what, uh, what was your solo? Uh, it was uh, something about teddy bears. That's <laughs> okay. all I can remember. And uh, so uh, afterwards, all the uh, the members came up and they said, "Well, you got your mom's talent." And that's when I knew that uh, they liked hearing me sing. Well, you had your New York City opera debut in yes. a leading role, Rafe Rackstraw, in 1996, and then you have performed in many, many different places. But So I was curious, uh, having done that, musical theater, even television specials, what made you decide to settle down and say, we're going to stay in one place and let the audience come to us? Well, in some instances, it's easier to do that, but um, I was tired of uh, uh, being on the road so much. I've got four children, and my wife, Clarice, and I do, and, and as they were getting older and, and growing up, I, I was missing a lot of things, uh, being away from them as often. Normally, in a typical opera engagement is a month. Because you've got rehearsal. You've got rehearsal, that, right, exactly. So the, it, it entailed a full month of, of the entire production, putting it up and, produ- and uh, putting it on. And, uh, boy, I'd come back, I'd miss stuff. We stayed in touch, of course, phone calls, and I always, you know, brought the bribery gifts home to the kids for me being away. <laughs> uh, but I, I, and there was a voice inside me that said I needed to, to be home, be closer to the family. And uh, um, so... So what said Branson? Because at the time, they were mostly known for great shows, but all country acts. Country, bluegrass, that's what people think of Branson. And even today, um, we're changing that, though. Um, I just, uh, it just happened, you know, how life kind of happens when you allow it to instead of mm. fighting it. And uh, I like to refer to it as divine intervention. But I just felt a, a need to be home more and closer to my family. And the doors just opened up for me. I mean, I never would have been a million years thought I'd end up in Branson. But... We uh, packed up the kids. I tell people it's like the reverse Beverly Hillbillies. We left Salt Lake and went to Branson, and uh, uh, and it's been a, it's been a thrill ride for us. It really has, with all the ups and downs. Uh, the thing that's that's pleased me the most is to see how my children and my wife have just developed their great musical gifts and talents that they never could have um, if I were just doing everything myself, just doing the opera and oratorios. Well. Uh, later, I'm going to bring that up because I wanted to talk about their involvement yeah. in the show. Okay. But first, we're going to hear more music. We're going to hear a pair of pieces. Uh, first, tell me about Hallelujah, why you added this to the show. This, uh, my first three years in Branson, um, well, the first two years, I had so many people come up, and people always make suggestions. You know, you should do this song, or you should do that song. And I kept getting... You should do Hallelujah. And I went, Hallelujah? You mean that song from Shrek? You know? <laughs> and they're saying, yes, it's beautiful. You should do it. And I thought, and, and it's finally, it was one of those things, if you don't fight it, you know, and just embrace it, then good things will happen. So I thought, well, maybe I should, after hearing so many people say, sing Hallelujah. So I put it in our show, and uh, it has been a huge hit. It's one of those few songs that I keep in the show every year. I have a, a core group of songs. I try to switch up my repertoire about 70, 30 new 70% new music each year. So when people come back, they hear a new, a new show. But this is one of those, that, and I love it. It's a great song. It's like, got like a million verses. Uh, I chose the three that, I, that spoke to me as a singer. He uses a lot of biblical imagery. Yeah. And I love the last verse where he says, and, and even though it all went wrong, I'll stand before the Lord of song with nothing on my tongue but hallelujah. And for me, it's like it doesn't matter what goes on in life, good or bad, as long as we just, you know, thank God for every blessing that we have, you know, and use my talent to do that, I'll be happy. 
Well, let's hear this. All right. Well, you take your place. This is uh, from Canadian singer-songwriter Leonard Cohen, written in 1984. George Dyer singing Hallelujah. a sacred chord that David played and it pleased the Lord but you don't really care for music do ya it goes like this the fourth, the fifth the minor fall and the major lift the baffled king composing hallelujah hallelujah hearing George Dyer sing. Uh, that's the title, and it's what I want to say, because I'm hearing George Dyer sing. Next, we're going to hear a song that has become one of the most famous musical theater songs. It's been part of a show that, by the time it closed, was one of the top long-running shows anywhere in Broadway history, also in London. It's been surpassed since, but just barely. This is by Claude Michel Schoenberg, original French lyrics by Alain Boublil and Jean-Marc Natel, Herbert Kretzmer, the English lyrics. This is Jean Valjean's Bring Him Home.
like the sun I might have known If God had granted me a son The summers die one by one How soon they fly on and on And I am old and will From Les Miserables, that's Bring Him Home, sung by George Dyer. I'm Stephen Cap Perry. You're listening to Highway 89 from BYU Broadcasting's Performance Studio. Our accompanist today is Larry G. Larry, we can't not mention you. Thank you. You're such a part here. And I, 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 is this number 16 or 17 of your I think appearance? it's 16. I think you're becoming the accompanist to the stars or I something. I always love to be here, Steve. <laughs> You accompany so many talented artists, both instrumentalists, vocalists, and you do some performance coaching as well when people come to you. And I'm wondering, a long time ago, you worked with a young singer named George Dyer. And do you remember what you thought? A long time ago, I worked with a young singer named George Dyer, and I still work with an older singer named George Dyer. So <laughs> that relationship really hasn't stopped, and I've just been thrilled about that. But what did I think long ago? I thought, wow, this is really a talent. I think I can offer him something that he needs in order to get it technically consistent and under control, and that's what I told him. And uh, he just picked up on it and just started getting better right away. And and just kept going, and it's it's been just wonderful to see him blossom over the years. That must be really satisfying, as you see people you've worked with and you've coached have their successes. It, it is. It's just, it's just wonderful to see anybody use their talent in a way that pleases them and pleases others around them. So I, I, I see that on many different levels with many of the people that I work with, and uh, it's all important, and it's all special, and it's, it's all wonderful. I know uh, you always play for George when he comes back in town, and I'm wondering if you have any particular performance memory that stands out from working together. Performance memory. Particular place that was was great to do or a song. Oh, I'm putting know. you there on the been, spot because you played so many, so many been, different times. There have been times. just so many of those. Um, I, I, I just think of um, uh, the, uh, uh, the instances where we've played for some of the highest leaders of the uh, Latter-day Saint Church. Um, th those have been just some of the most outstanding times. Uh, wonderful performance in the San Sandy Amphitheater many years ago in Sandy, Utah. Uh, the wind was ferocious, I remember, but the audience was just wonderful. And seeing him perform in the, the, uh, the Pioneer Day 
celebration I remember in the in the stadium. Even though I didn't play in that, just seeing him perform in that was just outstanding. When you mentioned an outdoor venue and wind, I'm picturing your pages going everywhere. We use a lot of clothespins <laughs> okay. to hold them together. <laughs> there is a technique. Larry, let's hear some more music. We'll let you take your seat. We're going to hear from another very popular Broadway musical. 1986 was the debut of Andrew Lloyd Webber's Phantom of the Opera, lyrics by Charles Hart. We're going to be hearing George Dyer as he sings Music of the Night. Music of 
Music of the Night by Andrew Lloyd Webber from The Phantom of the Opera. This is Highway 89 from BYU Broadcasting. We just heard that work sung by George Dyer. George, thank you again for being here singing for us. You know, there are a lot of songs that almost anyone can sing. Sort of the, you are my sunshine, you know, those good old songs. And then there's all the songs that not everyone can sing. Yeah. Is there a satisfaction in having A, the talent, but B, having worked hard enough that you can sing some of those songs, like Bring Him Home, and some of those that not everyone can sing, but we get to hear you sing them like we wish we could? Yeah, and you know, that's one of the the the, the beautiful things about being a singer. And, and I know you can relate to this being a singer and, and a composer. Uh, my job as a singer is to give life to the song that the composer imagined, at least I, you know, that I can imagine they imagined it. Because songs, you know, the, the language of the music, the words, the notes, uh, the, the dynamics, all of those things, um, they communicate, you know, there's something, and, and, and I try not to waste any moment, any, any note um, to really make it something special. And, uh, uh, and that's one of those songs that, that I just love. That's one of those mainstays in the show. People mm. have threatened me within an inch of my life if I ever take out music in the night. I love <laughs> that song because there's so much in it, you know, and, and I've sung it hundreds and hundreds, probably thousands of times, and uh, I never get tired of it because you can find, even now I can still find something new in that song. Uh, it's just so expressive. People don't realize that's a song of seduction, you know, come to the dark side. This is why. And doesn't uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber make the darkness sound pretty darn good in that song. It's kind of scary, but uh, it, it is. And, and every song has that, you know. And, and me, I try to find that message, that emotional connection that I feel and experience when I bring it to life and hopefully project that mm-hmm. into the listener so that they can experience it right along with me. So I'm not sure if this is fair or not, but I'm going to take you way back to when I saw you performing with a little performing group, four people, six people, oh, no. you were in your 20s, and you were singing Wham! covers and yes. doing backflips on stage. And I'm just curious yeah. if that's still part of the show. The backflips are out. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Wham! They, they haven't put anything out in a while. So no, we don't do any Wham! But I was a big George Michael and Wham! fan growing up uh, oh. when, you know, when they were out and big. And, and they were actually, it was an influence on me. And, and uh, yeah, so... <laughs> That's why those songs were in, because I said, I want to do some George Michael and Wham, and so we did it. And now I'm going to regret yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so I also heard when you first got to Branson, you're opening your show, yeah. and you're trying to get people to know about you, that you'd have to go around yeah. early mornings, breakfast, sing to people eating their, their breakfast buffet. Yes. And I'm just trying to imagine singing Nessun Dorma at 7.15 a.m. It How? is the most humbling thing in the world. If, if, if I had any ego uh, when I went to Branson, it was gone. It's on the floor of those breakfast rooms all okay. around Branson. Uh, yeah, I would go in and I would sing just the first verse and chorus of You Raise Me Up. And, mm. you know, my manager at the time, he was there and he would, he would introduce me. Ladies and gentlemen, can I have your attention? It's, it's just humiliating. And here people eating their waffles and <laughs> scrambled eggs. And I'm walking in there. This is one of the best tenors in the world. And I'm going, then why am I here begging you to come to my show? But you have to do that in Branson. Nobody knew who I was. And they said, this is what you do. You got to get out there and get your name and let them hear you. And that really helped us get a good foot hold in Branson. My favorite story is when a guy came up to me and, uh, and said, uh, nobody cares, sit down, go away. And I was like, going, okay. And that, that was probably one of the last ones I did. I thought, I'm done. My ego can only take so much of this abuse. So. Okay. Well, we're going to build you back up now. We're, we're going to let you sing yeah. one of the tenor uh, arias. Yes. Indeed. And uh, so we'll let you get ready here. We're going to hear uh, from Puccini's uh, opera, the, the song sung by the the guy who sees the princess and knows that he's the one who's going to guess the riddles. And if he fails, he'll be beheaded, but it's worth it because, I mean, have you seen the princess? So this is Nessun Dorma. Nessun Dorma. 
Dorma Vincera, I will win, I will win, I will win. And he does. You're listening to George Dyer live on BYU Broadcasting's Highway 89. George, we have talked a bit about you, but as you mentioned, your show includes your wife, Clarice, who I've had the pleasure of meeting, yes. as well as two daughters, two sons. Tell us about your family and how they grew into being on stage. Uh, well, I think they had it ingrained in them when they were born. When Clarice and I, when they're old enough, and, and Kendra was old enough, my oldest, who's 25 now, uh, to leave her in charge, you know, to babysit. And uh, uh, we would come home, and they would have gotten the camcorder and actually created their own TV shows, commercials with jingles. They even did a few operas. It was uh, <laughs> it was quite interesting, and it was a lot of fun too. And, and it was thrilling to see that because they grew up. Uh, my kids were my guinea pigs. When I was learning a new role, a new aria, that's what I sang them to sleep, listening mm. to. And uh, and so they grew up listening to to classical music, at least all the good tenor stuff. And um, so uh, I think that they they had that that love. Uh, for really beautiful um, and just um, masterful music. Um, but uh, they didn't really, and they all took piano lessons and, you know, the different instruments. But not until Branson when they, uh, and there's a great community there um, of uh, um, LDS entertainers, and they all have a ton of kids, and so they all gravitate to each other, and they all have their ideas, and they want to have their own identities. So they get together, and they start writing music and performing music, and and my kids did that. They all jumped in, and they started performing, and, and uh, it was just fascinating to see that growth in them. And, and um, I mean, my daughter, Kendra, and my son, Mitchell, who my oldest, uh, Mitchell's 23 now, and they're great songwriters in their own right. Mitchell's got his own band, Kodiak Brigade, with a K. If you check them out, they just came out their first LP. Uh, and then um, uh, Kendra is going to be introducing her first CD of all original music. And I mean, 
some of these are hits and I'm pretty discriminating, you know, I'm as hard on them as I am on myself. And when I hear some of the things they do, so it's, it's been great to see them. My youngest daughter, Cassidy, she's a dynamic singer and entertainer. Um, she's 18. And then I have a 21 year old son who's actually on an LDS mission in Mexico, but he, uh, just loves instruments. He, he picks up everything he gets his hands on and learns to play it. So, uh, yeah, they, they've far exceeded my abilities when it comes to music. That's cool that you got to yeah. do have had to have gotten to do that together and yeah. have that as a common thing in your family. Yeah. And I don't want to forget my wife. I yes. get in trouble. She has a beautiful singing voice, and uh, she's just—they've all blossomed because I, you know, some of them it was like Mitchell and Cassidy. They were like, "Get out of my way! I'm getting on the stage to sing." <laughs> Kendra and Garrett, different, a little bit more shy, but they've all really taken to it, and uh, they're all great performers and entertainers. Well, as you said, Branson's a family town, and, it and is. that's fun to see a family perform yeah. together. Is there that blend? Oh yeah, yeah. When we come together and do our family numbers, it's it's. There's nothing like family harmonies. You know that. So well, sometime when you all just happen to be driving through, drop by and we'll we'll do a family show. For you that. got it. Well, I also want to ask. Uh, you have done a bunch of recording. You yes. have albums of mm-hmm. of different shows that you've done through the years, different yes. favorites. But you've also done some really unique albums of hymns where you, where it's they're not traditional. Uh, arrangements at all. No, no. And we're going to hear one of these, but I, I wonder if you talk to me about working with an arranger to develop something that's not just three identical verses repeated and maybe a key change, but really right. is a, a journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these uh, uh, these sacred collections that I've that I've sung and recorded, um, um, uh, Lex Desavedo, Kurt Bester, Jay Richards, which is the song we're going to do next, that he, he did these beautiful arrangements. And they all uh, got to know me. Many of them knew me really well before they did these arrangements. So they knew what, my, what I could do mm-hmm. as a singer and what I couldn't do. And so they wrote around that. And, uh, and I'm just, I love it because these songs are so expressive and, and so... Uh, beautiful, and, and they just touch your heart, and then that's that's what I try to do. That's what I, for me, that's what singing is all about: is is having giving someone an experience with music that will touch them, that will change their hearts, make them want to be better people. And that's why I love Les Mis and Jean Valjean. Mm. You know, I, I, that is a as a musical that made me want to be a better person when I walked out. And that's what I want to do with my music. I want people. I want to entertain them. But I also want them to feel like, you know, I'm going to be a better dad. I want to be a better mom. I want to be a better husband and father. I just want to be better. I want to give and, and make a difference in the world for good. So I want to ask finally, a phenomenon I've seen in Branson is mm-hmm. if people love a show, they're going to go back to it. It's right. not like I've seen that movie. They want to go back and they expect their favorites, but they want something new. So right. you must have, you've had time now to really establish a rapport and have... I don't know what you call those super fans, repeat offenders. Is there stalkers? Some, no, okay. <laughs> no, they're great, and you need those fans. You know, that come back year after year, and that's why. And they know that's why I mix my show up every year. Mm-hmm. I try to give them a seventy percent new show every year, keeping that core of great songs, and uh, and I'll bring back songs from previous years that people say, "Oh, I wish you would still do this song when it's out." Um, and 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 I love them. You know, uh, a good majority of my audience are people that, you know that come back every year, sometimes multiple times a year to see the show. And if they live in Branson or around the area, then they, they'll come back multiple, multiple times throughout the year. They'll buy a, a season pass and come back, you know, 10, 20 times. Wow. Yeah, it's great. So you got to be ready with, with a little variety for yes, them there. Yes, exactly. Well, they get the same. That year, they're going to hear the same show every year until Christmas. Then we give some Christmas music to them. Well, we're going to hear a, a last piece. I'll let you take your break and okay. then maybe grab a drink of water here. We're going to hear this this familiar, familiar Christian hymn based on a Swedish traditional melody written back in 1885. The, the English lyrics, we all know, didn't happen until 1949. Stuart K. Hine, This Is How Great Thou Art. It's a kind of an extended journey through this. And we won't hear the, the full orchestrated version, but we are going to hear a piano reduction of that. So we'll get the journey. George Dyer singing How Great Thou Art.
Great Thou Art, performed by George Dyer, live here in our performing studio, a performance studio at BYU Broadcasting. That concludes this episode of Highway 89, full of gorgeous music and beautiful melodies. I hope you've enjoyed the show as much as I have. Thank you, Larry G., our new house performance, a house pianist at this point, and clear from Branson, Missouri, where you can see the George Dyer Show at the Dutton Family Theater. Thanks to George Dyer. Thank you so much. Stephen, thank you. It was a pleasure. And we've been restraining our little studio audience here, but we want to clap just a little bit for you. So. Oh, thank you. Thank you, guys. You can find George's recordings, his bio, photos of his performing family, his show schedule online at georgedyer.com. You never have to miss an episode of Highway 89. Find them all archived online for on-demand listening at byuradio.org slash highway89. We're always glad to hear from our listeners. We welcome comments, questions via email at highway89 at byu.edu. And you can follow our Twitter and Instagram feeds at byuh89. Highway 89 is a production of BYU Broadcasting in Provo, Utah. Our recording engineer is Mark Waite. Our student assistant is Abby Horlocker. And the show's producer is Jackie Tataishi. I'm Stephen Cap Perry. Thanks for listening. <laughs>